0: Welcome to the Village Church Podcast. Thanks for stopping by and taking the time to listen. We've prayed that this podcast channel blesses and encourages the Village family. So lean in with an open heart, eager to grow, and enjoy the episode. Uh, Welcome. My name's Nathaniel. As Bones said, you may know me as Nate, but um, yeah, it's a privilege to be up here this morning, um, bringing the word this morning. And some may say that it's our last installment, and some may say we've kept the best to last. Um, But I was meant to preach like four weeks ago, so um, whoever did it had the best for last and then changed it. So you've got me this morning, but I will do my best. Um, uh, This morning I'll be unpacking Psalm 34, and um, David wrote this psalm, and I'm glad that he wrote this because I can use David as a little bit of a prop to get our uh, younger generation involved. Um, I'm going to ask the village kids a question. You may know the answer, you may not know the answer, but if you do know the answer, um, I ask you to put your hand up quietly, and I will see if I can see the first person who puts their hand up to give it a to give it an answer. Right? But if if you do put your hand up, keep it up in case the first person gets it wrong. Okay? So, our f- the question is, what instrument was David known to play very well? All right, she was first. Harp, damn, that was fast as. Mate, shucks, here you go. Well done. Easy peasy, man. I thought that some of the kids were going to be like, oh, I'm not too sure, but you know it very well. Well done. Cool. Now that we've broken the ice a little bit, um, we'll get into it. Um, I'm going to look at a little bit of context at first as to why uh, Psalm 34 and when Psalm 34 was written. Um It was written by David in a time when he was running away in his life. He was running away from King Saul because King Saul wanted to kill him. Why did he want to kill him? Because he was full of jealousy. David had become the talk of the town. He was the popular one. He was the one with all the successes, and he was the one people were writing songs about. And Saul was too jealous for that and didn't, and couldn't have that as he was the king and he wanted to kill David. So David is running. And when he is running, we pick up the story in uh, 1 Samuel 21. Um, I'm not going to read it. I'm sort of just going to paraphrase it a little bit. But um, we find um, David running away and he runs into Nob, a city of Nob, where he uh, wants to uh, find a priest his friend. And uh, when his friend, the priest Ahimelech, sees him, he thinks, oh, hang on a minute, David, why are you here? And um, he tells him, shh, no one is to know I'm here. I'm here on uh, behalf of the king, and no one is to know I'm here. And um, what Ahimelech didn't know was that this was a lie. And David wasn't actually there on behalf of the king. He was there running away from the king. And um, what he does get from Ahimelech is uh, some food and a sword to protect himself with. And um, then he carries on his merry way. The sword that he got happened to be Goliath's sword. And where is Goliath from? Goliath is from Garth. Um, I'm not sure David's thinking about this, but um, he might have looked at the sword and thought, um, Garth, David, Goliath from Garth. Oh, okay, I'll go to Garth. But maybe not. Maybe he did. That's... That's in his head. But that's where he went. He went to Garth, to a Philistine city. Um, and he went there because he thought, Saul's not going to chase me into the enemy territory. So I'll be able to live in Philistine, in the Philistine area. But what happened is the king of the Philistines recognized David and thought, hang on a second, isn't this David? The king of the land, the one that they sing songs about. And once David heard this... He got a little bit scared, and he thought, ah, shucks, I'm going to die here too. So what does he do? He pretends to be insane. He scratches on the back of the doors and leaves marks all in the room that he's in, and he starts letting saliva drip down from his mouth and and acting like a crazy man. And what does the king do? The king sees this, and he says to his servants, this man is insane. I'm sick of madmen. Why have you brought him to my presence? Get rid of him. Kick him out. So he proceeds to kick him out of Garth, and somehow David survives that by the skin of his teeth. This then leads him to flee to a cave, and it is in this cave where he wrote Psalm 34. I'm only going to read the first 10 verses, but if you'd like to turn to it, you can turn to it now. Um, Cool. I will extol the Lord. The angel of the Lord encamps around those who fear him, and he delivers them. Taste and see that the Lord is good, blessed is the one who takes refuge in him. Fear the Lord, you his holy people, for those who fear him lack nothing. The lions may grow weak and hungry, but those who seek the Lord lack no good thing. Lord, we thank you for your word, and we pray this morning that this is a word from you. Help us this morning, Lord, to hear and receive your word. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Cool, I'll do a little breakdown of each of these verses, and I'll stay a little longer on a few and hope that um, you guys feel encouraged and uplifted from uh, some of these verses. If we jump back to verse 1, Michael. Um, Verse 1, David starts with praising the Lord. I will extol the Lord at all times. His praise will always be on my lips. At all times, in every situation, under every circumstance, before, in, and after the trials, His praise shall always be on your lips. Not just in your heart, because from the overflow of the heart, the mouth speaks. Thankfulness and praise is not to be something wasteful it should reveal the glory of God in the good and the bad circumstances. Verse 2 and 3, I oh, will glory in the Lord. Let the afflicted hear and rejoice. Glorify the Lord with me. Let us exalt his name together. David is praising and bringing glory to the Lord, encouraging those who are in trouble to hear his places and be glad. But he also encourages us to lift his name up with him. We're called to lift his name up in many places within scripture. I've just written a couple down here. Let the word of the Christ dwell in you richly, teaching and admonishing one another in all wisdom, singing psalms and hymns and spiritual songs with thankfulness in your hearts. Ephesians 5.18, address one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing and making melody to the Lord in your heart. Why? Why? Because he tells us, Psalm one fifty, let everything that has breath praise the Lord. Matthew eighteen twenty, he reminds us that when two or three are gathered in his name, he is there among them. We do this to build up one another within our faith. First Corinthians twenty six fourteen When you come together, each one has a hymn, a lesson, a revelation, a tongue, or an interpretation. Let all things be done for building up. Sorry, fourteen twenty-six, not twenty-six fourteen. I sought the Lord, and He answered me. Verse four, He delivered me from all my fears. David sought, God answered, and God delivered him. Now, whether David was acting crazy was of God, or it was David. We don't really exactly know. But one thing we do know is true: is that David gave credit to the to the person who the credit was due. God delivered David. No one else did. Even when David had a lack of faith, he was disobedient, he lied to Ahimelech, God still saved him. Now, I can guarantee each and every one of us has been in a place where we need God's help. Whether it's a small thing or a big thing, God can use your test as a testimony. He didn't spare Daniel from the lions, then. He prepared him for it and met him in it. God didn't keep Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego from the fiery furnace. Instead, he used their trial to show his glory and his power to create powerful testimonies. It's always easy to give God praise while everything is going well. But David paused to praise God even when he was fearing for his life. If you find yourself currently in a dark cave right now, Turn on the light of praise and give God glory in your situation. Verse 5. Those who look to him are radiant. Their faces are never covered with shame. David's saying here that it isn't just him that's affected by God's goodness, but each and every person that looks to God. Each of you that look to the Lord, your face will be brightened. You'll begin to shine and your spirit will uplift. Your faces will be covered with joy. Anyone who trusts in the Lord has no reason to be ashamed of their confidence. Time and eternity will justify your faith. Verse 6. This poor man called and the Lord heard him. He saved him out of all his troubles. Here David returns to talking about himself. And he, yes, was poor indeed. He had no one because he trusted in himself to find a solution to the problem rather than trusting in God to provide a way to escape King Saul. Once he realized this, David cried out to the protector of his people and found relief. The Lord heard him and saved him out of his troubles. At once and completely, David was clean of all of his woes and problems. Now the Lord sweeps away our griefs. Prayer is a way of crying out, To the Lord, so he may hear our struggle. And David here is encouraging us to cry out in prayer to the Lord in your time of need. Verse 7 The angel of the Lord encamps around those who fear him and he delivers him. God protected David in this time. There's a few things that people think about this part, but something that is clear is that God dispatched help from heaven to watch over and protect David. David was protected with divine assistance. Which brings us to verse 8. The verse that everyone probably already knows. Taste and see that the Lord is good. Blessed is the one who takes refuge in him. Alright, I'm going to use need three volunteers from Village Kids again. Boys, if you grab that table and those bowls and just bring it up here, that will be good. Um, I need three volunteers from Kids Church. First three that come up. You're getting a prize, so you can come up. All three get prizes, not just one. Oh, we got Murray. Got Aaliyah. Who's number three? I only have three. So what, you two girls are going to have to do rock, paper, scissors, okay? Because these two are first. No, no. You jump over here and do rock, paper, scissors with her. And whoever wins gets to stay up. Oh, that was a bit late. Do do it on three. Rock, paper, scissors, shoot. All right? Rock, paper, scissors, shoot. Rock, paper, scissors, shoot. Rock, paper, scissors, shoot. Hey, well done. Well done. All right. Each of you take a stand behind one of these bowls. All right. Looking at it, can you see? Yep. Yep. Does it taste any good? You don't know because you haven't tasted it. Does it um, have a smell of it? Does it smell of anything? Um, kind of smells, like smells like sugar cane. Is that just because you think it's sugar? It like no. it like yeah. Kind of smell like smells like something. All right. So what you're going to do is I'm going to mix these up. You guys chose them. I don't know what they are. That's yours, is it? So what's yours is the bowl that's in front of you, okay? What are you going to do? Just so you know, two of these are salt and one of these are sugar. <laughs> All right, so what you're going to do is you're going to lick your finger, you're going to stick it in, and then you're just going to hold it up, okay? And then on three, we're going to try it together. Are you ready? One, two, three. <laughs> Who got the salt? <laughs> Nice. All right. Here you guys go. (laughs) Here you guys go. Thank you guys very much. Well done. All right. Anyone is able to see that the Lord is good from miracles, but to taste, that is something different. Like these guys experienced, some things don't taste that great and some things taste amazing. The word taste translated means to try something by experiencing it. David here is encouraging us as readers to try God's goodness for ourselves. Just as we would go out and experience a new food, maybe don't compare God's goodness to food goodness, but once you experience the true goodness of God, you will never look in another direction to find anything good. To truly know our Father, we need to absorb the Word and His message as if we are eating it ourselves. The Lord told Joshua when he was leading the Israelites to meditate on His Word day and night. Why? Because anyone who intentionally studies and applies God's Word learns how good the Lord is. They will also find that He is always available and reliable, and the person who tastes and sees that the Lord is good will find blessing. Jesus said in Matthew 5, Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they shall be satisfied. Verses 9 and 10. Fear the Lord, you his holy people, for those who fear him lack nothing. The lions may grow weak and hungry, but those who seek the Lord lack no good thing. Fear of the Lord involves reverence and awe. And faith that leads to obedience. A way to relate it to something is to someone who fears electricity, knowing both the potential to bless but also the potential to cause harm. David says, Those that fear the Lord will lack nothing. We have to think of this as a little bit of an exaggeration because. I know you all know faithful people that might not have all the money in the world, that might not be completely healthy. But the one thing that does stand is that when these faithful people go through hard time, their trust and obedience to the Lord keeps them afloat. It sometimes seems like a mystery when things turn out for good, but that's the power of the Spirit at work through us. We must remind ourselves time and time again that God has us in the palm of His hand, and will bless those who are righteous. Psalm 512, For you bless the righteous, O Lord, you cover him with favour as with a shield. The lines in verse 10 represent those who appear to be strong. But David knew that the good thing wasn't due to how much strength or might someone had. But the goodness of God comes to those who seek the Lord.